Warning. The following contains biblical content, raw gospel, sudden and spontaneous worship, and something not preached everywhere. The Word of God. This is church formatted for the internet. Coming up next, now here they are, saints on a mission from God. Welcome back. I'm very excited you are here. If this is your first time, we are glad you are here too. Today's uh, podcast is entitled, The Angle of Depression is Downwards, and we purpose to grow your faith in God, confirm your salvation in His Son, and inspire you with the aid of the Holy Spirit. We've been a church online since 98, and our tagline has always been, Your Voice in the Wilderness. And together, we believe the highest praise is to echo the heart of God. Your hosts are myself, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Sandy, and our Minister of Music is Liz. Today's musical guest is David. From He's a member of Long Branch Baptist Church in Toronto. And he'll be singing one of his songs, Jesus, My All in All. We've been totally blessed with uh, music submissions from... Uh, basically around the world. Irene sent us one from Taiwan and uh, FundMe, um, we just recently played in the last broadcast, is uh, lives in Nigeria. So thank you for submitting s- songs echoing the heart of God. Our goal is to build you up, not to tear you down. Our goal is to encourage you, not to discourage you. Yep. Our, goal is, our goal is to comfort you instead of causing discomfort. Our goal is to share helpful, not hurtful, stories and examples and information, biblical information. Yep. So I was I was thinking about that. When I was on my bicycle ride, I was thinking depression. You know, what is a depression? I mean, part of it is, you know, being depressed. I mean, right, being right. pressed in, depressed, you know, which is deep, you know, to be in depression is to be is to be caught in that. And then I thought of the word compression, where what happens is your, your world is like this. You know, your world is, it, it kind of compresses you and, and holds you in and all that. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, uh, Jesus came to set us free and to release us from those, those bonds. So he is the answer. That's what I love what you put. Does the Bible mention this? And I like that hopelessness. Psalm 37, 17, Oh, yeah. 20. So, yep. How the Lord works. I mean, how the Bible works, how the Holy Spirit works in us and stuff. There, there is a meaning and a and some thought behind it. In a real thread. Not my know. thought. <laughs> well, but I mean, somehow it's put together. It's, See, I don't know how you do that. You know, and, I know you don't do it because it's the Lord. Because we right. couldn't. Because I am right. all over the place a lot of times. You know, I was like, my spirit is in tune with what the yeah. topic is. And that's well, like, what I can... Well, and it's really true. You know, it's like... It's like fluid I discussion. Down, he will never test me beyond what I can handle. And he'll give me a way out. And he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. And he cares about me deeply. And he's just waiting for me to cast all my cares upon him. He wants to take that burden. And that's uh, that's what I came from after the whole this whole study was like, yeah, there it is again. Stay close to me, draw right. near to me, depend on me, and I will 
take your anxiety away, your depression away. I'll take away the hurts and the woundedness. He will take those away because we were never meant to carry those by ourselves. So, Yeah, every, every link in that chain that's holding you back, you can call it depression, but depression's part of it. And then, and then there's hopelessness, and then there's another link called despair yes. on down the line. And, uh, you know, he can take all those away. Right. But just taking one away, you're set free. It breaks the chain. Praise the Lord. I love that. Amen. Yeah. Break, yeah. And that's a song we used to sing. Break the, yep. Breaking the chains. Breaking, breaking the, the chains. Breaking the chains. You know, I, um, I'm i excited about being here um, with you, Kevin, and sharing this to all of our listeners out there. Uh, I'm excited about that. And I was thinking about it, and it's like I'd like to say a little prayer. Sure. You know, just no. to start out. Go you know, run with let's it. Just, let me just start out. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you that we are not alone. We thank you that you are the creator of the universe, that you have everything in control. And that all that we need is uh, we are complete in you and we can trust you. Your promises are yes and amen. And you will never let us down because you care about us. And so we just um, give this time to you, Lord, that whatever we would share would be helpful and not hurtful. That it would build up and not tear down uh, for the listeners. That we would comfort instead of causing discomfort. And we would share helpful and not hurtful stories and examples and biblical truths that will help each listener, including us. Because as we are even speaking, we invite the Holy Spirit to join us in our um, uh, storytelling today, our discussion about depression. Father, we just uh, submit everything, put it into your hands that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Depression is subtle. Yeah. You don't even know you're depressed. A lot of times you don't even know you're getting depressed. You just know that things are different. Something is not right. You can't even know that. Yeah, you you just know that some things aren't right. You know, what did you... um, What do you have for... Uh, like a definition. I, I wanted to look at uh, synonyms for depression. Oh, yeah. I can find some. Sorrow, unhappiness, woe, sadness, um, worry, distress, hopelessness, anxious. Yeah, we have uh, synonyms for depression, and it sounds like they're all links in a chain. Melancholy. Misery, sadness. Ooh, misery. Yeah. Unhappiness, sorrow, woe, gloom, dejection, despondency, low spirits, recession, slump, decline, wow, downturn, slow down, standstill. Paralysis. There you paralysis. go. Paralysis. Paralyzes you. Yeah, how do we get out of that paralysis? It's like a, like a, yeah, it's like a dream that you're having where you just 
you got to get there, you're going to die, and you just can't break move. through. You can't, you can't move. move. You can't move. Paralyzed. Inactivity. Stagnation. Ooh, things start to stink. Credit crunch. Yeah, we can all relate to that. Credit crunches. That can be a, a depression. Here's one I'm not familiar with. Stagflation. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, People I don't, are making up new words every day. Yeah, well, there you Stagnation, go. I know what it is. Right. Uh, sometimes you think it's the United States of indignation. There you go. Yeah, because you were, it must be a bunch of depressed people because they're showing these symptoms publicly daily. <laughs> yeah. What, what hit uh, me when you were reading those words was the word, the one that hit the most was the word slump. Yep. You know, because it's like your whole body, your whole body, I mean, you can't even raise your shoulders up, you know, put your head up because you're down, you know, you're, 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 you're slumping, you know, and you don't feel like, you don't feel like you can get, you can get up. It's kind of like uh, uh, Joseph when he was thrown into the pit. How's he going to get out of the pit? You know, because being in a depression or being depressed is being in a pit. It's being in a depressed area. Right. Wow. Slump. Stagnation. Stagnation. Yeah, things start to rot. Wow. Or appear to. Yeah. And there's no joy. There's no happiness. Nope. There's no positivity there's no um, yeah all of that so what does the bible say about that does the bible say anything about it yes it does yeah. and i brought my bible today ha they they found another batch of scrolls in the yeah dead sea scrolls dead sea i saw scrolls that scrolls again yeah more proof how real more proof um, God is and has always been. Yep, I read the article and there's uh, little interjections there trying to put some doubt on it. But like, like they they said uh, they said this is how or Nahum one verse five. They said this is what it says in mm -hmm. the scrolls that they found. Mm -hmm. However, um, the Bible changes over the years. Well, so it go. may not be say the same. So I looked at the looked up the Bible verse. I'm of course, going to hear this. Yes, and it had fifty percent, eighty percent. I mean, mostly of the same words. That the they, exact they, same words. The, the exact same words that they use here and there, and uh, some some were a little bit different, but they meant the same. Yeah. Just meant the same thing, and uh, and that's because there's there's a difference in. Bibles that you have. I mean, this person could have picked up a, a you know, a, a translation that they should be looking at. They translate it word for word. Exactly. And that's that's the one you know we use for most of this. And then oh, then 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 you have a paraphrase. Yes. And that sometimes uh, should not should not be taught from if if you want to get to the exact uh, meaning of the thing, other right. than it's good to be taught from as far as, you know, conveying a feeling. 
right and what but para- getting, paraphrase is where I could see this person would say that doesn't say the same thing as that one exactly but God never changed and neither does his word that's right it's, well that was great I mean I expected you to find that out that yeah that would be that would but be that's it. you know I'm always yeah always looking for the truth well yeah because and, the, because they they want to throw mud at it. They, they want oh, to yeah. say that yep. this isn't real, and it's the most well-documented uh, book ever in the, in the history of mankind. It's the most well-documented uh, a book that has all sorts yep. of things, and eyewitness accounts and all sorts of things. I mean, it's been proven and proven and proven. Oh, yeah. Six, 60 chapters and, and uh, how many authors. Yeah. And, and it's got the... It's got the story of God in it. Yeah, and it's consistent. Consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And it points to Jesus in every single chapter. That's another subject. Yeah, I like this. Uh, I, I looked up. Uh, but we were depressed. Let's get depressed again. Right, yeah. Well, it's hard to stay depressed when we know who. Uh, what does in, it say uh, in the Bible? I'm in Psalm 37, and I'm going to read 17 through 20. And this is yep. from the Passion Translation. For the Lord takes care of all, and all means all, yep. his forgiven ones, while the strength of the evil will surely slip away. Day by day, the Lord watches the good deeds of the godly, and he prepares for them his forever reward. Even in a time of disaster, even in a time of depression, I'm adding that. It doesn't say that. Yep. Even in a time of disaster, he will, he will watch over them. And they will always have more than enough, no matter what happens. All the enemies of God will perish, for the wicked have only a momentary value of fading glory. Then one day they vanish, here today, gone tomorrow. And what I love is, and they, meaning us, who, who know Jesus, that are in a relationship, will always have more than enough. So right. is he enough? Because that's the way I grew up. Is like, um, you're never going to measure up. You're never going to be enough. You're never going to do this. You're never going to do that. And he says, this is who. He says, you are enough. And I am enough. And I fill in the gaps for that. So no matter whatever is going on with you, he says, uh, cast your cares on me, for I care for you. That's what he says. Yep. And so... There can't be any hopelessness in that. It's like, he cares for me. He cares for me. And my my Bible says in verse 18, and their inheritance shall be forever. Yes. Same as yours there. There's something about it. I mean, the inheritance will be there forever, but are you willing to receive it? Exactly. Because he's always pouring this out. He's always pouring out his strength. He's always pouring out his love. He's always pouring out joy into our lives. He's always pouring that out. But are we ready to receive it? And part of it is we have to listen to him and receive it. We have to read the word. But the key is, like you said, will you receive it? Will you receive it? Can he be trusted? How's that question? Can oh, we yeah. trust him yep. that what he means for us is our good? Like it says in Jeremiah, I have plans for you, a plans to prosper you. Yeah, to deal with that uh, sense of hopelessness, I was uh, reading about how he takes care of us. And in John six thirty seven, it says, mm-hmm. and all, well, I always like it when it says all, 
and all who come to me, oh. I will embrace and will never turn them away. Never turn them away. So anytime we feel like we have nowhere to go and we're in despair and we're in anxiety and we're in depression, we can turn to him and he will embrace us and never turn us away. And in Philippians 4.19, it says, I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need that I have. He will satisfy. Uh, looking to others to satisfy that need, we can be let down, but he will never right. let us down. Yeah, that word paralyzing, that I've seen it, seen it in action a number of times. Uh, yeah, one, one occasion it was a person could not read the Bible, could not praise God. The Bible says your inheritance will be there forever. Right. But depression can be so paralyzing that you can't even reach out for that. And what it, what it took to break that person out of a depression was somebody that didn't even know the situation came to them with a word from the Lord. You know, just as simple as God loves you. Wow. That broke that chain link, one of those links, and they were on their way to recovery from that. Wow. Yeah, that's why we really need to touch other people and to show his love. That's right. Because if we're, we're in a hurting, I mean, we're really hurting as a world now because of the two and a half million people right. that have died from COVID and all the, the 500 and some thousand in the United States. You know, people just want, they, they haven't been able to even touch for over a year, Right, is to be embraced and said, I see you and I care about you. And you don't even have to say a word. That's right. You don't even have to say a word that we need to reach out and, uh, and touch people to break that chain. That's because right. people just want, I mean, I have found out that if we take the time to listen to mm -hmm. people, everybody wants to tell their story, you know, because it's like uh, the pandemic has, has brought about a whole bunch of depression. You know, I was reading a horrifying statistic about one in four young people have, com have considered committing suicide. Right. One in four. Right. That is... Phenomenal. I mean, that's really, that's really, I mean, it's yeah. really impact on me because we have to reach those people. Parents have to reach their kids and we have to, that's right. we are responsible before God and he's given us the strength that we can embrace them and let them know that they will make it through this. And we can give examples of what, how we've made it through depression. And I'm sure you've got some stories. About, that you yeah. had to deal with because mm -hmm. I always like to hear stories showing, I call them testimonies, testimonies of God's faithfulness. So can you think of one when I was uh, kind of preparing for this, I came up with eight stories. Oh, yeah. Know? So I'm kind of a, well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of stories. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of stories. So well, I, had, I had a friend that was, uh, ended up in the locked up side of, Miller Dwan mm -hmm. back when it had uh, yeah, people in there with mental problems. Yes. Obviously, immediately isolated. I'm sure they yeah. had programs and they were talking to him or this or that. But 
I was able to go there. I mean, he was depressed. I mean, there that's part of the package if you're if you're there and uh, depressed and and oppressed and you know all of the above. I just went down there uh, every other day and I held my Bible up to the door and they'd buzz me in. Wow, <laughs> that, that is so and, exciting! And and uh, so I so I just went back back into the room that he was in. They let me in there and. Uh, and just read them psalms every day. Read them two, three psalms, and that was the conversation. I mean, he was not willing to engage or talk mm-hmm. back and forth. But uh, after about a month, he started started back. You know, conversation. You know, centered on the psalm we were talking about, and that's that's wonderful. And, and just saw God developing in him, just uh, you know, a new newer life. You know, a renewed life. That's- yeah, that's and, so and eventually, exciting. And eventually he, you know, got out and and was uh, back into society as a normal person, yeah. non-oppressed. Right. And, you know, the author of a lot of the Psalms was David. And right. he wrote in great distress and depression and hiding and, and, and was always concerned. And that mm-hmm. was one of the first things I, we used to sing in the first church I was at. We used to sing out of Psalms. Boy, go figure that. Yep. Because they're songs, you know, they're psalms. So that's how I got to learn. Uh, uh, I got to learn the word. But you were using that example, and I just thought about it. The Lord uh, brought to mind about when I'd been at the jail. You talk right. about depressed people. That's right. It came to mind about a man. Depressing place. A man, right? A man who had that came to the Bible study that had stabbed his wife 11 times, killed her, murdered her. Hmm. So we're dealing with a murderer. And uh, his oldest daughter uh, witnessed this. And I just, I hope I can get through this. Um, So we started sharing with him because he wasn't a Christian and he was coming to to the Bible class because he, I don't know. Well, I, I believe it's a God set him up. Oh, you yeah. know, you got to try this out. Yep. So he came and over a period of uh, six months, he, he, he became a Christian. He realized, uh, you know, he admitted his guilt and all of that. And he realized we prayed that he would one day be able to see his daughter and uh, get that forgiveness. But he knows that he is forgiven. Hmm. But during a, a time of rage, that he did this, and it's like there isn't anything, you know. And I, it's hard for me to talk about. It. There isn't anything that you, you that you can do that he won't forgive if you come with a humble heart and humble yourself and say, "Help me, God." I um, because he couldn't he couldn't even function on a daily basis. He was totally depressed. So he would come. He would come to every Bible study that was at the jail. And it was wonderful to see, just like you're saying about the, the guy at Miller Duan, it was wonderful to see how him getting to know who he was in Christ and getting to know what the Word said and getting to know what the truth was that really set him free. Although we don't have any idea if he'll ever get out of jail. No. You know, he probably won't get out of jail. No. But he can be free in jail, and he ended up having Bible studies in uh, the compound at the jail at night, you know, because he knew, he knew that he knew that Christ was real 
and that he could turn to him. And so he was bringing all these other sort of people along in the jail. And people say, how could you be ministering to a murderer? And it's like, hello? That's right. What would Jesus do? And it's like, I am so thankful that I'm able to even share. And he was a second murderer. That I, that I shared with and actually did one-on-ones with and, and talked about their story, what had happened. So. That's right. As a, as a believer, we are responsible for the primary responsibility in the kingdom of God, the responsibility that everywhere we go, we are to tell everyone that Jesus is Lord. Yes. God made each of us responsible for those we meet, and you met a sinner. It brings me to that, that question always, are we our brother's keeper? Yes, we are. Yep. We are responsible. And the good part is that he's equipped us and he's given us the Holy Spirit that mm-hmm. we can do all that he has told us that we that we should do, that we should be doing. I mean, it isn't like, well, these are hints. No, these are commands. We are commanded to share commanded. the gospel. Yep. We are commanded to love one another. We are commanded to love our brother as ourselves. We're commanded to reach out. Declare when you go, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's right. And that's if that isn't enough to bring you out of whatever it is, you know, whatever's going on, it's like the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, it, and we're bringing the good news. It brings yourself out of depression. Well, yeah. I mean, it's there is a warning with that, though. If we do not take that responsibility and and everywhere we go tell them about that Jesus is Lord, if we do not, we dam up the river of life that can only flow if we open our mouth and tell someone about Jesus. Ooh, wow. Yeah, we're only, we're only responsible for every thought we've ever had. And I don't want to be stopped up. No, for every no. word that we've said or haven't said. You know, we're without excuse. And we are responsible. The good part is, like I said, he's got our back. He's inside us, and he's our comforter, and he says, I will. You will be able to to say the things that I want you to say. Just like Jesus said, I only say what the Father says, and I only do what I see the Father doing. And that's that's what we are to be. We are responsible. Yep, we're empowered. Um, Acts 1.18 says that we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You know, the the Holy Spirit, or they call it the anointing, has come up yeah. on you. Physically, you can feel that just come upon you. And uh, that's where you see the miracles. You know, I think about, I think about my wife for uh, eight years. Probably for six of those eight years, we didn't know what was going on with her. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer in, in miracles and seeing that's people right. raised from the dead and all sorts of things. You know, I believe that because he said, and you will be doing greater things than these. You know, yeah. when I've given you the Holy Spirit to do that. Yeah. Later on in that process when she was uh, wheelchair bound. Yes. I remember a time we were we were preaching about Lazarus being risen. Mm-hmm. And uh, she stood up, praise God, right, right, right. there in that, in that place. I know. And yeah, that, I know. that was only the Holy Spirit lifting her up. Right. It's awesome. And, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a real hard time for me. Um, and then when we finally got the diagnosis in 2011, that's when my, old, my youngest son was going to be graduating from high school. We got the diagnosis, and uh, my wife said, 
we can't tell anybody until after his graduation. And that was like seven or eight months. Mm. And I couldn't tell anybody about what that. And I remember my kids asked me, he says, what's wrong, Dad? You really seem down because I'm usually a, an up person. I'm a positive person and stuff. Yeah. And I couldn't, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell anybody. Yeah, that was so hard on me. But he sustained me during that time. And like you were saying about being damned up or not, you know, That's once right. I was able to say that, then I was released. You know, I felt released and it was like, I, he had never abandoned me, but I felt I had to just, I really just had to, to depend on him. I really had to, I really had to lean on him. During that whole time, this is the phenomenal, miraculous story. During all these years that she was convalescing and she was in a wheelchair and stuff, I never got sick a day during those eight years. Wow. I had divine yep. health. And there is, no other, there is no other explanation except God had his hand on me, and he knew what Cheryl needed. Uh, for those eight years that I had to yeah. be there and I had to be healthy because we had nurses and we had people getting sick yeah. and but I never got sick yeah. the net nurses couldn't show up but uh, you you were the 24-hour exactly caregiver. I was I was I was the 24-hour on call and awake most of the time most of the time and and at the last year or two I got like four hours of sleep a night wow. that was the most and I was always I was always on call but just to say at the end of her life, as we were praying and spending time with her, I'll never forget because she would, uh, she would, point, she would point up in the, the ceiling of the room and she said, she says, can't you see them? Mm -hmm. And I says, what? What are you wow. talking about? Can't yep. you see them? And she said, there's angels. There's angels right there. They're right That's all right. around us. And it's like, wow. You know, uh, there's, 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 there's angels. And she talked about talking to uh, our daughter, daughter's guardian angel, right, Lexi, about uh, uh, that guardian angel was going to be taking care of her, and uh, yeah, and it's like I, I just, I'm just going to cry when I think about it, and uh, and she said you should see how beautiful that's, this is. That's Cheryl though, seeing to, to it. Yeah, all the colors, Somebody's you know, there. all the colors of heaven, yeah. all the colors of heaven. She said they were so vibrant, and she said. And I realized from this world to heaven is just a, a small veil that we pass through. That's right. She was yeah. in and out of heaven. And I share that story because it's like it's real from the beginning. God is real from the beginning. And he is there with us at, at the end. And heaven is for real. Right. And she had a joy that was in it. It was expressed through her whole being, and yep. it affected everyone that was around her in, the end, in those not, last couple of days. Not it, it's a new beginning. That's right. I mean, yeah. it's, she was away from all the pain, not being able to talk, right. all of her muscles failing, and all of that, all that pain, and all that, uh, all the things that she had to go through. So, um, that depression, she lifted up people. She was praying for people. And yep. there was the example of God never abandoning us, and that He's our comforter. That's right. When Jesus left the earth, he said, I am going to be sending you a comforter. And now I know what that means as a comforter because he comforted me, he comforted her. That's right. He comforted our whole family. And just knowing that, you can't, uh, for me, I can't, 
I know he's real and I know he's positive and he loves me and he has plans for me. And I'm glad that the last how many years that he gives me that I will bring him glory because he's real. And I want people to know uh, that they don't have to stay in a depressed state. Have you ever stopped to think about what happens when you die? How you stand before the Lord our God in judgment as you cry. No need for you to worry, just take Jesus as your friend. Your sins will be forgiven, you'll have salvation in the end. So many turn their backs on Christ, denying He's the way. Take comfort in false doctrine, so their sins will have no say. Wake up, take heed, and worship Christ, your fears will disappear. Our Lord will walk you through your life, forevermore be near. in the end. There is a God who'll save you. Jesus Christ is his name. He shed his blood upon the cross, our wayward souls to claim. Now's the time to seek him out. He's waiting for your call. He yearns for your salvation and to be your all in all. Now's the time to seek him out. He's waiting for your call. He yearns for your salvation and to be your all in all. So he asked to allow God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to comfort you, trust in what Jesus has done for you, and become a believer and follower today. May I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God until we meet greetings and blessings to the church that meets at your house. I'm Pastor Kevin with Pastor Sandy and Music Minister Liz, and we hope to see you again next week. We encourage you to start living today. Now that 
is the gospel. Pure Gospel Network is an intergenerational, Christ-centered, not-for-profit internet mission church, a network of believers from many different backgrounds who are passionate about reaching out to others. Your Voice in the Wilderness, a church online since 98, now known as pgn.church, operates 100% on your tax-deductible donations. 